Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. All grown up now, I think I'm ready to move on Hello and welcome to The Undone, a Mamma Mia podcast for people in their 20s who are navigating the world without a GPS. I'm Emily, I work here at Mamma Mia and I'm sitting opposite my old roommate. That's true, we live together. My name is Lucy and I work here at Mamma Mia as a producer. Whoa, we're in the studio? We're back in the studio. We had our Christmas break. Yes. And you might hear a little bit of muffling. We are currently wearing masks in the studio because I'm not sure if you missed it, but there was like a bit of a surge over the break. Just a little, especially in Sydney. (laughs) And it seems like you and I still remain dodging coronavirus. So we're in here with our masks. I was going to call us superior, but I do not want to jinx it. And Uh, now I definitely have. It'll age badly. You won't be hearing from us next week. Today on the show, we're going to be breaking down the return of Twee. Mm. And if you don't know what that means, You'll don't tell worry. Okay. And all the complicated parts of the 2010s that come with that. Plus, we're reading a dating diary from one of our listeners, which I missed so much over the break. But first, let's talk about fighting. Okay, so over the break, I came across an article by Metro UK. It was written in 2019. It was called, Why Figuring Out Your Arguing Style is the Key to a Happy Relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think most people would read that and be like, great, now I can figure out what I feel when I'm arguing. I can have better conversations. When I read this, I was like, great, now I can know how to win every argument (laughs) I have. So to clarify, it's relationships, any relationship? They talk mainly about romantic relationships because clearly no one else matters but mm. I apply this to pretty much every relationship I think I have. it can apply to all so there are six types according to this article invalidation that's type one it's a kind of gaslighting style so it's used to make the other person feel ridiculous about what they're saying you're kind of devaluing their feelings okay do you Very have an example rude. I think it'll be something like if I went to you and I was like hey, when you took my keys without telling me, I was really, really angry about it. And you were like, they're just keys. Or I never took your keys. Yeah, I never took your keys. Get over it. Yeah, okay. Why are you making such a big deal? Yeah. Invalidation. Mm -hmm. And you're making me feel really sad. And also silly. Yeah, Yeah, rude. Okay, the next one is dominant. So it's a person who takes charge of an argument. They're really quick to respond. They kind of lead the conversation especially if the other person is not as quick to respond. So I think this happens when you're the person, if I was a dominant person and you came up to me and you wanted to have a conversation, like start an argument, and I'm just so, so quick that it kind of turns you off because oh, yeah. you're just like, okay, well, you're taking this into a whole, your own direction. Yeah. Annoying. Okay, then there's a non-arguer. So 
<laughs> this person just refuses to engage. A tactic that most non-arguers use is the silent treatment. So no actual real conversation takes place and they kind of end up winning because they're just <laughs> silent yeah. the whole time. Yeah. They just refuse to interact. Then we have hitting below the belt. Mm. So... If you're a person who hits below the belt, you kind of take the conversation and you derail it from the present problem that's happening. For example, if I go to you, Luce, and I say, hey, you told me you didn't like my hair cut and it made me feel sad. And you'll be like, well, three years ago, you forgot to unload the dishwasher and that made me feel yeah. sad. So it's kind of just like, what are you doing? Like, can we just talk about this right now? See, I thought hitting below the belt was like me being like, well, it's a shit haircut. Like, I thought that was hitting below the belt, like, just being unnecessarily mean. I think it can probably go both ways. We can probably put our own twist on it. It's also not a shit haircut, just so you know. Thanks. (laughs) Um, Then we have the disinterested. (laughs) So this person just fails to (laughs) acknowledge the seriousness of the argument completely. They are usually seen to referring as proper arguments as silly fights. Mm -hmm. So if someone's like hey, can we keep talking about this? I don't think we finished a conversation. You're like, oh, don't worry about it. That's silly fight. Like, it was nothing. Last one, we have the person who pleases. Mm -hmm. So the people who just want to avoid conflict at whatever cost, they will agree to everything the other person says just so that the conversation will end. Okay. What do you think I am? I think you're different to a lot of people, and we live together, so I feel like I've observed arguments you've had over the phone we, with some people. Yeah, if you're new here, because I guess The Undone's been going now for, what, like over a year? Over a year. Em and I started this podcast when we lived together, and I wouldn't say we've ever had, like, an argument. No. Because, we'll get to that, we're actually quite good communicators, which is, I mean, I think that's quite a, a credit to us, but we're not perfect. We're not perfect. You can't bring this up in a later date. As is. This stays in yeah, the yeah, episode. yeah. yeah. Okay, I've observed you being pleasing, mm-hmm. like avoiding conflict completely. Of course. I've also observed you being a non-arguer. I literally wrote, I am a non-arguer, sometimes pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> because I genuinely, in all aspects of my life, will avoid conflict if I can. Yeah. I cannot remember a single like blow up that I've had. Like with your siblings, of course, but if I can resolve something in like a very structured sit-down conversation, Mm -hmm. I will. I will never raise my voice. Like I don't really get angry, if that makes sense. Yeah. If someone came at me aggressively, I'd be like, why don't we just take a day and we'll revisit this? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I said that I thought you were also a pleaser. Yeah, I am. Like sometimes Em and I will go to have a conversation and I'll be like, hey, I didn't like this. And you'd be like, yeah, no, okay, I won't do that anymore. <laughs> and it's like, hang on, you let's did that talk. for a reason. So let's talk about why you want to do that. And, and I'm like, no, no, no. Then I can support you. But I would say that we are pretty good at sorting things out. Yeah. But how do you actually argue? So now you've like got your style. Mm-hmm. Why are arguments important? I think firstly, you have to establish when a conversation turns into an argument. People don't just go out and start arguing yeah. unless you just want to vent. So I think it's really important to establish when a conversation is starting to get a bit heated. And sometimes it can still be a heated conversation, but when it turns into an argument is when you're both just conflicting so much that you just have to take it back. Yeah. And maybe like sit down, go back to the conversation a bit later. But I also think figuring out what your argument style is compared to what the other person's argument style is makes a big difference. And it's exactly what you said. Like, you knew I was a pleaser. 
So every time you wanted to have a conversation with me and I just like agree with, with everything you're saying, you'll be like, no, let's just yeah. actually talk what about this. Yeah, what do you actually yeah. think? Yeah. I think some of my good tips for arguing, because as I said, I don't really have fights, but it doesn't mean I don't have difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is actually a part of a healthy relationship. Yeah. If you're in a relationship, whether it be a friendship, a romantic relationship, even a family one, if you're close, if you agree with everything each other says, the reality is you probably don't, but you're too scared to say what you actually think. And yeah. in a friendship, I want to know that I'm heard and I also hear them. Yeah. So I think that's how it starts. You've got to hear each other out. And if you're talking to someone that's cutting in a lot, something we did in my family growing up was have a talking stick. Oh, no. I know this sounds really just so over the top. My dad and I used to have a business What did together. it look like? It was anything. It wasn't even a stick. It could be a pencil. It could be a microphone. It could be whatever it was. Oh. If you're holding the stick, it's your turn to talk. If you're not... It's not your turn to talk. So I'm holding the stick. I get everything I need out. I will then hand you the stick. And it's a respectful way of sometimes reminding yourself how to have a conversation yeah. because we forget, because we start getting heated. And I go, well, you did that. Well, you mm. did that. And I'm like, you're not even listening to me. How many times do you hear people say that in an argument? See, so, what I would do is I'd hold the stick and then just not give it. <laughs> and I'd be like, blah, blah, blah. And then throw the stick away and then run away. I think it's important to lead with statements that start with I feel or I felt. So if you went, can't come to your birthday, but then you went out with other friends, I would say, I felt really sad that you weren't there on my birthday. Instead of, you went out with other people on my birthday and you made me feel like shit. Mm. So it's instead of saying, you did this, it's I felt this. You know, we care about how our friends feel. Yeah. So if I'm hearing that you feel sad, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Instead of like, don't accuse me of doing something. Yeah, and then I'll be like, I felt like your birthday was really boring, so I went to this more fun <laughs> You were birthday. having a picnic and I wanted to go clubbing. <laughs> Don't bring up anything resolved or unrelated. Mm-hmm. So if you've had a previous argument about how Emily didn't come to my birthday, we can't then have a dinner in six months' time and be like, this is just like the time you didn't come to my birthday. Yeah. If we've already discussed it, it's dead and buried, we leave it there. And also, if you're someone that needs space, say you're a non-confrontational person and you're going up against someone that's got all the points ask them for some time and space. So set a time frame that's like, can we please revisit this in a week? I really want to collect my thoughts. Because mm-hmm. then it gives you some time to actually go in with what you want to say and be prepared for the conversation because sometimes it's really hard to think on your feet. I also think this is when sometimes messaging can be better mm. than talking in person because with messages, I know that there's that notion that you can screenshot and it's there forever. But there's something about reading a message, kind of rereading it, internalizing it, and then putting your thoughts out rather than that quick to defend Mm. and just say something you will regret. Whereas I feel like you have less of a chance to do that when you're actually messaging someone. My final tip is to remind yourself that the relationship is more important than winning an argument. So I know that it can feel like you want to win an argument, right? Obviously, Mm -hmm. because you're like, I feel in my heart that I am right. But if you and I were having an argument... The most important thing to me is the friendship. Mm-hmm. So if I am wrong and you've said something that's like very valid, it can be really hard to do, but you've got to fall on your sword. And you don't have to do that in a dramatic way, but it's just like, you're right. Like that was really not okay. And I'm sorry that it made you feel like that. Yeah. So I think it's like recentering and reminding yourself why you're arguing. You're arguing because you care about each other and you want to be on the same page. In this topic, we're going to touch on eating disorders. And if that's not for you right now, please skip this segment and we'll leave some resources in the show notes. Em, have you heard of Twee? No, I haven't. Well, 
It's a style. I'm going to spell it T-W-E-E. And by definition, it's excessively or affectedly quaint, pretty or sentimental. Like me. I would not describe you in your current style as twee. I feel offended. <laughs> we can have a sensible argument if you want. Twee, back in the late 2000s, early 2010s, was a style. So they usually wore shift dresses or like Ooh. vintage band tees, bows, cat eye glasses. <laughs> when you went to the movies and popped the lenses out. Think Zoe Deschanel yep. from New Girl, 500 Days of Summer. Also Juno, that movie. I love Juno. That was a cornerstone for the Twee Got it. community. There was also like the Peter Pan collar that I wore Aww. to my year 10 formal. Ballet flats. It was kind of a nonchalant attitude with a fringe. You're like the cool girl, but like love the Smiths. A little bit quirky. <laughs> a quirky girl. So cardigans are also a staple. Yeah. And Taylor Swift had an extreme twee phase. Oh, she, she did. She dressed exclusively like a librarian for like a little while there. The height of twee, as I said, was about the late 2000s, early 2010s. And it was like that adorkable girl. Like, she's so cute, but she's a bit dorky. Like, adorkable. That's adorkable. like so Tumblr. Yeah. Well, if you were twee, and I kind of was to an extent, not on the, on the extreme scale because I didn't have any money yet to go out and buy things. Yes, um, But you probably shopped at Typo. Oh. You probably listened to Regina Spector or like ukulele covers of popular songs. So yeah. you're like, I'm not going to listen to the popular version. I'm going to listen to this ukulele version. It was always Riptide. Always. <laughs> you probably also watched Zoella on YouTube. I didn't come here to be shamed. <laughs> you took photos on your phone and then put like a sepia filter on them to make them look filmy and then probably uploaded them to like a social media platform of choice with an unrelated song lyric. <laughs> that was a little bit mysterious. You had like that dust filter yeah, yeah, where yeah. it looked like your photo had just been through a garbage truck. So it's a new year. It's January 2022, but it's an old trend that's resurfacing and Google searches for Twee are spiking my TikTok feed. Look at you, Google search girl. I know, Emily's usually the SEO queen. My TikTok feed is that song that's like, why don't you sit down and stay oh, you God. You know that one? <laughs> yeah. So it's coming back. It's coming back. No. And it's not a new concept for a style to resurface. We've had Y2K, grunge. Mm -hmm. They all come back around in a cyclical fashion. But Twee had a dark side when it was last culturally relevant. So the trend was largely dominated by very thin women. Mm-hmm. Of course, there would be Twee icons who are a range of sizes, but it was in the Tumblr period and there was a bit of a crossover period between Pro-Anna and Twee. What's Pro-Anna? So Pro-Anna is the promotion of behaviours related to the eating disorder anorexia nervosa. Mm -hmm. And the Pro-Anna hashtag on Tumblr was basically full of images of very thin women, diet inspiration, motivational side-by-side. -side. So it was an actual hashtag. Yeah, oh, it God. still would be, but now we've got filtering you know, on Instagram where it's like, won't show you what's on the hashtag, oh, yeah. which is really helpful. But look, it was encouragement to be as thin as possible. And at the time I had an eating disorder and it was fueled by pro Anna Tumblr. I actually had an account. Am I proud of it? No. Was I sick? Yes. And I would share photos of me and my body looking really thin, put a black and white filter on it and it would get reblogged. I would reblog other thin women and there seemed to be a correlation between the quaintness of Twee and literally being quaint and fragile and feminine. I just hope that in 2022, as it comes back, that we can separate the style from that stigma. Yeah. I used to dress twee when I was around <laughs> 16. Describe an outfit. Uh, okay. It was like everyone used to get jumpers from JJ's, but I would get dresses. <laughs> <laughs> like floral dresses? Yeah. And they were like this 
thin polyester material yeah. that like you would sweat in mm-hmm. and it would also fly up mm-hmm. and I would also buy those do you remember when those moustaches were in don't like I had a necklace that was a moustache and then I had a jumper that was also a moustache and it just like became like your pencil case had moustaches on yeah. it yeah and owls yeah oh, do you remember owls, owls? I that had was an a big owl thing necklace so and I a had clock this weird random things hourglasses <laughs> yeah. like what the heck what's yeah. going on with us I don't know I'm just so glad my mum didn't allow me to get tattoos at that age because who knows what would be on my body. Yeah, not good. Gen Z has their own version of this. Mm -hmm. So the style, as I was saying before, hopefully, if it's coming back, go for your life. Wear your cardigan. Yeah. Like maybe Taylor Swift will come back in between. Who knows? But TikTok, I've been seeing Gen Z have their own kind of, it's 2022, it's a new year. We start to see all this messaging around being the it girl. And I'm seeing a lot more thin women sharing their what I eat in a days. And it seems like it's we've come so far. And then every new year I'm like, okay, here we are again. Everyone's sharing their like healthy habits for 2022, which are like drink a green smoothie. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's not exactly revolutionary. And it's like workouts seven times a day. And it's like, okay. My fear is that Twee comes back and that just escalates. Yeah. And especially with vaping. Like I feel like people are vaping to replace their hunger. And that was a very big thing in that time as well with smoking and coffee. And so I'm just like, oh, please, can we leave that behind? I think it's time to leave it behind. Or just like have fun with it. I honestly feel we might leave it behind. Because I think that as a culture we have come way, way beyond that time. So we are constantly seeing more variety of bodies yeah and people on my feed like my feed is very rarely just thin white women and that's amazing because that's all my tumblr was and it's not even like I curated that it just does it for you mm-hmm. so I think that hopefully the style's fine if you want to dress like a librarian okay you go girl you get those books check them out and just let it be a reminder that you don't actually have to be a certain body type in order to wear any style. Like all those images on Tumblr, when I was seeing this tweed style for the first time, I was like, oh, in order to wear that, I need to be thin. And to be honest, lots of those brands only went up to a size 16, so they were enforcing that idea. Just a reminder that you find clothes to fit your body, you don't change your body to fit clothes. It's dating diary time. It's dating diary time. So we have an anonymous confession form And over the break, so many of you submitted your stories and we want more. So we'll link the form in the show notes. If you have any confession at all, please submit it there. Okay, ready? I'm ready. Last year, I was on the apps dating for the first time after a five-year relationship. Mm -hmm. I matched with a guy and we had a fairly good chat. He then suggested we go on a date and said he'd think of something fun for us to do. (sighs) With his ultimate suggestion being mini golf. That should have been the first red flag. It was Friday night, so I got an Uber into the city, showing up a suitable five to ten minutes late. Yeah, I agree with that. I like to go before because then I feel a bit weird when I'm looking for them Mm. and then they're at the table watching me look for them. You have said this before, you like to be situated so that they walk in and you're like, I'm sitting, I'm comfortable, I don't have to fumble up with a chair. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, Okay, segue, but also one time I was going to a rooftop bar and I wanted to get there before him because I didn't want him to see me out of breath when I got to the top of the stairs. But we got there at the same time and we had to walk up the stairs together. Oh, no. It was horrible. (laughs) Okay, continuing. I walked in and found my date and another girl ordering a drink at the bar. Oh. I tapped him on the shoulder to introduce myself and also to find out who the hell this other girl was. Turns out she had confused my date with a different guy and had apparently just walked up to my date with such confidence, gave him a hug and got him a drink. And he didn't question it. What? Weird. 
So not to waste the night, I decided to laugh it off. We played a round of mini golf and had a couple more drinks at a wine bar nearby. Mm-hmm. The couple more drinks led to some kissing and then the suggestion that he should come back to mine. Mm-hmm. All seemed good. Yeah. However, oh, no. my apartment is at the end of a fairly long minor highway in Perth. Okay. And my day got motion sickness. Bad enough that we had to pull over three times for him to vomit up oh. the Domino's pizzas he's had with his housemate before. Oh. At that point, my poor date was not coming back to mine, fair mm. enough. Yeah. So I left him at the bus stop under my building, thinking <laughs> he'd just order an Uber and go home. However, he didn't have enough money, so sat at the bus stop for 25 minutes, which I could see from my balcony. No. I have not spoken or heard from him again, and I will never eat Domino's again. Oh, no. You know he thinks of that all the time as well. Yeah, that's his cringe story. That's his cringe story. That's the one that keeps him up at night, and he was sitting at that bus stop. His phone was probably dying. Like, you know when your phone's dying and you've got no battery, and you're like, I have the choice of sitting here and looking at the sky or just like using that last little bit of battery to preserve my sanity yeah or maybe that other girl he had a drink with found him that's true he should have got her number maybe they're married now yeah they could be together you're a matchmaker i have a recommendation before you go tell me well i spent a lot of my summer break alone in my apartment Mm. (laughs) (laughs) and so i watched actually watched a bit of tv which is rare for me but i just honestly that is rare for you i know so whenever you give a tv recommendation i take it very seriously yeah i watched all of cheer oh so the cheerleading netflix documentary there are nine one hour episodes and i watched it i started at 5 p.m the day it came out and I finished it, I think, at 11 a.m. the next day. Oh. Like, God. I really went for it. So you watched the whole thing? Because yeah, I'm it's in two seasons, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I watched season one already. This was just season two. I actually re-watched season one a couple of days before to be like, am I really up to speed? If you love our show, and we hope you do, you can rate it now on Spotify, which is very exciting. And we're currently on a five-star rating. I checked it after the break, and I was very excited about that. So if you're listening on Spotify right now, please go and rate us there. And if you're listening anywhere else, you can rate us there too. Five stars. And where can they find us? So if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram at The Undone Podcast, or you can privately message one of us at Lucy M. Neville or at Emily Vernon. We love getting your DMs. We also sometimes talk about them on the pod. We do. So if you have a pod particular DM, please send it our way. Please specify. Talk about this on the pod. (laughs) This episode of The Undone was produced by Emmeline Peterson. Bye. See ya.